This episode is proudly brought to you by Lululemon. Lululemon are a brand known for yoga, but as we know, their run gear is technical, highly functional, and built to last run after run through the seasons. Check the collection out at lululemon.com.au. episode number 243 of the inside running podcast thank you for joining us for another week big show coming at you we're going to go to queensland to talk to one of the race favorites for the oceana section of the gold coast marathon this coming weekend hear all about croaks's preparation a week out from his big dance coming up on sunday moose has got a race to recap short on running news because not much happened over the last week but um yeah should hopefully still be a good show and a massive thanks for giving us some of your attention welcome to my co-host down in anglesey tonight julian spence how you going i'm going good mate good. how are you going yeah i'm up and about just saying off air school holidays going to the gold coast in a couple of days it's a good time of the year i like this time of the year well, end of financial year, you'd just be cash and checks, big tax return for you, and or the teachers cash in this time of year. Nah, teachers have got no expenses to claim. What can you claim? Nothing. Chalk. Pretty, pretty boring time. Yeah, whiteboard markers. Pretty boring you time claim for teachers. A ton of stuff. No, you, you can't be... claim much at all. Uh, just be I creative. try to, and I know because my wife's also a teacher, and our accountant every year just like tries to throw suggestions at Carly for things she could possibly claim, and she's just nut, nut, nut. There's nothing there. What do you mean? Carly's batting him away. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, he always tries to get a few suggestions out of her of things she could oh, potentially right. claim, but um, nah, it's pretty boring. School teachers when it comes to tax time. Not, yeah. like, not like the well, shoe dogs of the world croaks. I reckon this bloke over here would have many things to be claiming. Mate, I- you understand that a business has to pay tax, right? Yeah, I know that. Yeah. that's that, Everyone that's... pays tax, mate. Not just businesses. <laughs> yeah, Moose, right. Moose puts his weekly grocery bill through. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> uh, I don't have a personal bank account, Croaks. <laughs> Welcome to you, Bradley. A week out. I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts leading into this weekend. How are you going? Yeah, good, Brady. Same as you. Got last week of work, so I think Wednesday will be my last day. So you're still then, teaching this week? Yeah, work today and I work Wednesday and then um, fly out Friday. Exciting times. How's the body feeling? How's the head feeling? What's what's the uh, vibe? Yeah, it feels all right. Um, I had a bit of an eagle during the week, um, but nothing, no, yeah, nothing major. I was a bit worried on Wednesday after my session, but um, yeah, all good. Uh yeah, I don't know. You know what it's like, race week. I reckon I've had, uh, I reckon I feel worse. I reckon I've felt worse more times in a race week than I've felt good. Um, but then you get to the race day and, and you're fine. So, yeah. Plus it's a bit, um, I guess for me, it's a bit different as well. Like I don't really have a, a concrete plan in place at the moment. <laughs> um, 
So, because I don't know what pace that I'm, or what group I'm pacing, and that might change with the weather forecast. Like the groups might go, well, that's probably a bit hot given the weather. Um, and then haven't really decided at what point I'd potentially stop pacing. So there's a fair bit still up in the air. Yeah, it must be doing your head in, mustn't it? No, oh, not really, because it's not, it's one of those marathons that I haven't, like, it's not like the prep that I put in for Lake Biwa where I was, like, so pumped up that it's like, you know, I've, I knew that I was fit and I knew that I wanted to run a PB. This is sort of, you know, there's not a lot of pressure on me. Um, you know, it's part pacing and then part finish it off. So, um, Craigs, who makes the decisions on that? What, the pacing on, on groups? The, on the pacing groups, yeah. Who, who's there that's going to make the final call? Well, it'll be, I guess, so the guy I deal with from Gold Coast is Ryan McDonald. Um, yeah. And it, initially when, like, the first lot of emails come out, it's, you know, he's spoken to the athletes and the athlete managers about what their expectations are for the race. Um, and so, what was it, like, a month ago it was – you know, originally we were thinking sort of 225 pace through halfway, which is sort of on track for around that sort of course record. Um, but then one of the athletes wanted faster through halfway. Uh, and I guess that's sort of a constant conversation right up until the race eve. So I believe that this Saturday there'll be a technical meeting, like normally around 4 o'clock on the Saturday afternoon at the race hotel, which I'll have to go to that. And that's when it'll be confirmed as to what pace you'll be running at. So it's pretty late. It is late, um, but you know, I guess you know it's one thing to say like last week, yep, seventy-one forty-five through halfway, and then you see that the weather's going to be like pissing down rain and thirty k an hour winds. So that's probably going to change. It normally starts faster and gets slower, doesn't it? Yeah, like that tends to be the trend for like those rumors and um yeah <laughs> and plans early in the week yeah yeah sort of and, shifts. and the way that the gold coast course is it's very you're running in a straight line or one direction for a long period of time so it's likely to be headwind for the first 15 and a half k then you probably get close to a 21k tail and then a, probably a brutal last sort of five five yeah. k mm, is yeah, that the way the wind's rough. gonna go yeah, I think it's coming from the south. Coming from south, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, if they get good cover, though, behind the pacemakers for that first 15K. Yeah, and I guess but that's the thing in terms of my plan as well. It's like if I'm pacing and I'm cooking myself, <laughs> busting into the wind, like, you know, in terms of my expectations in the back end, who knows what I've sort of got left, but we'll see. Have they um, – oh, yeah. Have they um, – have they got wind of your idea that you're going to leave and finish it off at one stage? I told Ryan in an email that I'd like to finish it this year. So like, drop them at halfway? Well, that I haven't said that. Because it could get a bit awkward, couldn't it? They're like, hang on, we're paying you to like go for as long as possible. but Yeah, but you get you paid can't... based on how far you go. So you know, Yeah, but I... it's usually how far you can go before slowing down. Yeah, well, yeah. But not a lot how of places... far you can go and then go, I want to now do my own thing. Yeah, but pacemaker, well, pacemakers pull out. So, you know, me still being on the course is probably better than pulling out, or it's it's at least on par. Yeah, I suppose, if you think of it that way. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's a rare case where you see the pacemaker go faster than this, the pace group. Yeah, because what's the point? Most of them could easily run hmm. 220 if they're pacing 223. Hmm. Like, so, yeah. it doesn't help them. 
Yeah, but anyway, there's, there's a lot of variables because like, I, I have no doubt that if, if I do pace for the first half and I've pretty much been solo into the wind for <laughs> 16K, um, it's probably going to dent my second half a little bit. Um, yeah. hope, but hopefully, like, obviously, though, if the pace is slower, then, yeah, it's probably a little bit easier to, to maintain even into the wind. Now, um, I'll have one more attempt at it. The men's field came out this week, and it's pretty weak. I reckon you're like top three, top five kind of finisher if you were to have a crack. Any <laughs> chance you'd ditch the pacing job this late in the um, the arrangement and just want to race it? Mm, no, I don't think so. Nick no. Earl, like... Dave Ridley, <laughs> Clifford, he, he's had a bit of a niggle, but I think he will smack you up if you actually have to race him, but it depends on how that niggle's going. Louis McAfee, um, I think he can beat all those four guys. Nah. I look, I said a while back, I just wanted to dip my toe into the marathon again and just get a feel of what it's like, you know, from 35 to 42K at like a decent pace, which I haven't experienced that since early 2018, which is a long time. So I'd like to, I'd like to think that I'm running pretty well and that I enjoy that, you know, dipping my toe back in so that, you know, if I do have a decent result, then I can maybe like properly trained for one later in the year. Mm. I think you're under, underselling your preparation though. I think you've, you're pretty fit. That's a good build up. Oh, I'm fit, but it's not my tradition. It's not your traditional, like it's not what I would do if I was targeting a marathon that I was going out to race like all out. Yeah. But it'd be like 85% of what you do, wouldn't it? Like you're yeah, not, well, not that, missing a lot. It's still, that's still why it's a good little, that's why it's a good little experiment to go and yeah. run, rate, like run a marathon pretty hard off the type of training I've, I've been doing to see how it stacks up. Yeah, being on being on the start line healthy though, that's mm. it's almost rare. Mm. Yeah. Um, so it's like, oh, you got sometimes you just want to take advantage of that. I know if if I was sitting there a week out, body feels good, fitness pretty good, I would I wouldn't let that slide. Given the next like the potential, mm. I'm a good example of why you don't waste opportunities. But I remember you saying before you got injured, Moose, that like you you're you wanted to just get back to actually just running a marathon again like same sort of thing dipping your toe in because it's been so long since you've done it um yeah because it's that's over it's over four years since i've run a marathon like that's that's a bloody long time um so you know i can't really have a lot of expectations um but we'll see like i yeah i am i am strong um i think that's that is my advantage like there is just old man strength that oh, yeah. you know and if it's terrible weather that's where old man strength comes out yeah like i can't see my legs like for me now with the marathon it's I, I think it's more of a fueling thing and a glycogen thing i think my legs are strong enough to handle a pretty solid 42k even though i don't run you know much more than 35 or 36 on a sunday um yeah. if you've got one thing croaks if it's age <laughs> Thanks. You know what I don't want to hear at the live show on Sunday afternoon, though, Moose? I don't want to hear uh, Croaks having a positive experience, feeling the marathon again, and then him going, you know what? If I tried, I probably could have won that Oceana section of the, uh, the he marathon this morning. And then I don't dare. want to hear that for the next couple What's of years right? on this show. No, I No regrets. I'm hoping I don't say that was a terrible experience. I'm, uh, I'll probably never run another marathon. Got dropped by the, got dropped <laughs> by the person I was pacing. Yeah. So when you saw the elite female field come out during the week, Croaks, or yesterday, no, when was it? Friday, I think. Lisa Waitman was the big headliner there. Nearly fell off my chair when I saw that, actually, because I was expecting her for the World Champs or Com Games teams, but she's going to the Gold Coast. 
um, Yamaguchi, who ran with her at the Osaka International Women's Marathon last year when they both ran 226.02 and 226.35. American Lindsay Flanagan and Stephanie Bruce, we spoke about those two last week. And also another Japanese runner, Kanazigi, who's ran 229.26. So in your head, where are you thinking you're going to be? You reckon Lisa's got her own pack and then there's another pace pack? Uh, or maybe yeah, Lisa I and Yamaguchi? Yeah, so... Because they're I both... Guess yeah, sorry, yeah. I'll just say, they're both 226 and the course record's 224.49. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, so my original chats were there'll be like a 71.45 pack and a 72.30 pack. Um, which I guess, you know, a few of those women that have run like 226, 227 were probably hoping to come out and take a couple of minutes off and run 225. Yeah. So, and then I heard that there was potentially going to be three male paces. And so whether they're going to have two at the front, one back at the 7230, or whether they're going to have one out front and two back at 7230, I'm not sure. Yeah. So and yeah. And that two twenty six um, from Lisa was that's not her PB. She's actually ran two twenty five fifteen, which yeah. you think she'd be eyeing off that as well. So she could mm-hmm. eye off the course record, a PB, and a W. Good payday. All with Croaks's help. Yes, yeah. Croaks, the man. Bit of pressure here. <laughs> that's right. Oh, look, I'm confident. I, I'm confident I can do a good pacing job to thirty five k anyway. It's going to make the guessing competition really hard. I'm sitting here like, you know, that meme where the guy's just got like algorithms and like trigonometry and stuff going off in his head. That's what that's <laughs> what's happening in my head. Just trying to, because you could run, there's a massive window depending on what pack you get given. Yeah. And also just like the condition, like that's the thing. Yeah. I don't even know myself. I don't even know myself. Like, you know, I originally thought if I was on the 7145 pack and it felt, um, and, and the weather was good. Like, I'd almost be happy as a first run back to go, look, if I just maintain that for the whole race and ran, like, 223, I'm like, well, that's that's my second fastest marathon ever. Um, and, I, I, you know, that would be, you know, I'd be reasonably happy with that, although I think I'm in probably a bit better shape. Um, but it's more about just how much I could kick down over the last part and at what point I decide to try and kick down. Um, you know, because if I left it till 35K, um, you know, you're only going to make up so much you're probably going to make up what 10 seconds of k maybe um so like a you know <clears throat> just over a minute is, so it probably takes you down to you know mid mid to 222s 35k still the last payday like it was that year you and i paced it yeah yeah but i don't even know what the payments are this year so that okay. might that might influence things as well yeah. you have to, you could do your own personal arrangements with the athlete that nearly happened maybe. the day we paced remember croaks we the got, Ethiopian. We got to 34 and a half K moose and said we were done at 35 and she was trying to cut a deal with us. As we're How running. much did she offer you? Oh, well, she didn't. She just goes, keep going, keep going. I said, I, I don't get paid after 35K. She goes, I pay you, I pay you. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that doesn't go down real. Like, you know, what are we going to negotiate a contract? We're going to get a contract sorted in the next 500 metres? <laughs> half, pa- half the first prize. And then we yeah. pulled off and Croaks ran like 3.30 pace back to the, back to the start line anyway. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the thing. Every time, every time I've paced it, I've always gone to thirty-five k, and then I've had to run, you know, four k back, and I've always run at a decent clip back anyway. I'm like, well, I might as well just finish the race off. And actually, I remember this. I remember the second year I did it. 
Um, I reckon the first year, Brady, we weren't far off maybe finishing top three Oceana if we'd actually closed like pretty well over the last 7K. Mm. So then the next year, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to keep running until I know that I'm no hope of a top three Oceana run. And so then it was the point where uh, I must have run to maybe 36K. And by that stage, I'd sort of counted one, two, three Oceana. I'm like, oh, I'll just turn around now. There's no point. That was the year like Benny Saint and... um... Dan Jones and that, I reckon. Uh, yeah, yep, that's right. Yep. There's a bloke who loves pace and doesn't he, Moose? You can hear it in his voice. It's going to be a big weekend for him. But good tell fun. Us, yeah, good, good fun. fun. It's a good way to experience a race, just not every year. Tell yeah, us uh, about your training week, though, Croaks. Tell us about this niggle that nearly come on. Yeah, so um, Monday and Tuesday basically did the identical run, so just an hour, two laps of mulligans, uh, around four tens. And then Tuesday I went out late morning um a few reasons one just it's so cold in the morning like you know if it's zero minus three i thought i'll may as well go a bit later when the temperatures may be closer to what it'll be on the gold coast so warmed up uh, all good and then um session was like a solid like pretty solid 5k around yerriby pond um three minute jog and then five thirty second hills so um yeah around like just under around 15:30 for the 5k, which felt like pretty good. Like maybe the last last k, I was working like reasonably hard, um, but you know within a three-minute jog, I was okay for the hills. And then I cooled down, and by the end of my cool down, my sort of uh, like tib ant tendon and all those sort of tendons at sort of the top of your ankle were just like really painful, and like it's always my go-to injury. And I'm just like, ah, oh, shit. Like, tib post I can normally manage, but tib amp is always, like, one that I'm always worried about. And I'm like, I've had – I had no no sensation, like, during the warm-up or during the session and then during the cool-down. But what I think's happened is I um, I think I did up my, my shoes the next percent too, too tight um, and just, I guess, running fast with the laces being too tight it's just really aggravated that tendon. So I was going to do a double that day, but I just didn't bother. Um, so that was, yeah, that was Wednesday. Um, Thursday, I went out and like the plan was for, um, yeah, like 80 to like 80 minutes or so. And it was, it was okay. Like it was better than it was when I was cooling down, but there was still like a little bit of sensation, but it never got worse throughout the run, which for me is always a good sign. Like I generally know pretty early on, like if it starts to deteriorate, I have to pull the pin. So I got through um, 20K at 4.11s on the Thursday, um, 46 minutes on Friday at 4.09s. And by this stage, the tendons, like each day, it's just getting like slightly better. Saturday was my second session for the week, which I just jumped on the treadmill. Um, did three sets of seven minute tempo, two minutes like hard to solid, 90 seconds jog. So I normally do eight minute tempo, two minute hard, 90 seconds, but I just took a minute off. Um, 320s for the seven minutes, three minute Ks for the two minutes and four minute Ks for the four minute, um, oh, sorry, four minute Ks for the 90 second jog. And by this stage, the tendon was completely completely fine so yeah i think it was just like tightening up my shoes too tight which really just aggravated it but you know a couple of days of anti-inflams um ice and massage um seemed to do the trick 
Uh, went out for a second run that afternoon, just a lap of mulligans, seven and a half K. And then yesterday, just 90 minutes, um, 404s. So I did 125 K for the week. Um, yeah, so body's body's good now. Um, yeah, and then this week I'm just going to run. I did 10, uh, like 45 minutes today. I'm going to do like a 3K tomorrow at marathon pace and maybe a few one-minute efforts afterwards at around three-minute Ks or even slightly slower. Uh, and then I'll pretty much just jog, maybe do some 30-second reps on Friday or some strides. But, uh, yeah, I won't, I won't run longer than sort of 45 minutes in a single run this week. Yeah, haze in the barn. Yeah. It's all about getting the start line fresh. When do you get up there to the Gold Coast? Uh, we're getting about Friday lunchtime. Have you got your room allocations? Uh, I'm saying we've got Airbnb in surface. Don't you get I'll... a um, hotel room? Uh, I do have the option of staying there, but I'll just stay with the family. They look mm. after the paces up there, Moose. Yes, they but do. They half, do love the paces. marathon athletes mm. get nothing unless you go into the World Champs or Com Games. Yeah, so just, well... I mean, the main ones. Who's the Who are the top dogs in the half that aren't getting anything? Oh, you got, if that rule applies, that'd be Brett Robinson. Andy Buchanan hasn't been named in anything no. yet. Oh, oh, no, but just that it doesn't mean they have to be named, though. You can still. That, I remember I wasn't named, but I still got the, uh, the treatment. Oh, really? So, yeah, I reckon Andy and that'll be fine. Yeah, I don't know. I thought I had a conversation with Andy about it the other day, and it wasn't the case. Oh, maybe, mate. Oh, well, maybe they've changed it. Anyway, it's good to see yeah, so Crokes get looked after. Well, it used to always be the marathon was well, – at the end of the day, it's it's a gold label marathon event. So obviously that's where the, the priority and, and the money goes. It's not like a gold label half marathon. So from my past experiences, the marathon's a priority in terms of athlete support um, and the, the half marathon and the 10K – are like special circumstances. And generally it's the athletes that have been named to run like the Commonwealth Games or World Championships Marathon that year, who generally have been named by that time, they do get um, looked after in the half marathon because they often do that as a, as a lead-in race. Oh, yeah, so you're saying they'd be working with different budget pools. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas, like, you'll you know, come Bre- under that marathon budget. Whereas Brett this year, Brett's not on the World Championships or Commonwealth Games team. Whereas, if Brett was running the World Championships marathon or the Commonwealth Games marathon, he probably would get like looked after in the half. Surely Brett still gets looked after with PB of fifty nine fifty seven. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Like, you'd you'd like to think so, but mm. I thought you were the one that told me he wasn't. No, mate. I just told you what I thought. Andy said to me. <laughs> About himself. I've got no oh, idea what Brett Robinson's Brady's doing. Brady's gone down the hole here. I haven't dug any holes. I'm just like, yeah. Surely if we're paying a guy who's running 73 minutes through half marathon, we can look after the guy who can run 59.57. He's literally the only person in Australia's history who's broken an hour, mm. and there's a million blokes who can run 73 minutes through maybe, half. Maybe they are, Brady. Hopefully maybe they, they are. are. You've got to ask some people before you start. I didn't this. start. No, I just looked at what was listed on their website. Under elite athlete support, it just says it's you no know, support unless you go into the world champs or, or um, com games. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's true. Letter just, of the law stuff. Just going black and white. It's written there. Anyway, that's a good week, Croaks. Looking forward to seeing you up there. Still don't know what I'm going to guess for your finishing time competition to win the big prize, but we've got a few days to work that out. Moose I reckon, no, I reckon the weather's shit. Mm. The paces will be off. I reckon you're going to run. Like, you're not going to give yourself a chance. 
the pacing job will be too slow for you. That's what I reckon. DNF, you reckon? No, no. Pacing job will be too it... slow for him to run fast. Yeah, but why stay out there if he's going to run 227? Yeah, but then he's the he's towing. He's but just, then is yeah is the weather like is the weather going to be a factor in terms of running fast anyway? That's what I mean. That's Two, what I mean. Two twenty seven doesn't look good on his IAAF profile because he's already got no. a couple of two twenty sevens on the Avenue Croaks two thirties. No, just one. I got like a I got a two two seventeen a two twenty four two twenty seven mm. and yeah a two thirty. They're they're my only marathons. It's gonna really cook your average though, I reckon. Hmm. Makes that 217 like it look like even more of an outlier. <laughs> All right, Moose, tell us about your week. <clears throat> Not a lot of running. Went for an hour ride last Monday down and met Tiggy Pashley. Oh, yeah. Congratulations to Ali and Joe's Pashley. Didn't say yeah. that on the, on the podcast last week, did we? No, I don't think. Oh, I can't no, remember. No, I don't think we did. Maybe we missed it. Good friend yeah. of the show. Yep, so that was fun. Um, Bree met her down there, so Pierre and Tiggy had a catch-up, and then rode home after that. It's nice to get on the bike. Um, I had a bit of a sore back. I was just feeling real shit. I still had the flu a little, uh, and I think I was I just suffering, like, joint aches from the flu. I just wasn't really feeling great. But then Tuesday, I did run in the morning, so I started to use the, the chest strap because I've just been going off the, the wrist heart rate, and I thought, oh, I'd be close enough. Like, I don't really need it. But when you put the, the actual proper heart rate on, you, you get such a note, like, it's such a, um, ah, like, an accurate marker of where you're at because uh, you know exactly, like, that's right. Like Not good, not good for the ego? Nah, no, not at all. Like I went up the smallest little hill ever, and um, my heart rate jumped to one fifty, going five fifteens. It was just, it was, it was good though. It was good because it, it's forcing me to slow down, and it's given me a proper indication of like, okay, well maybe I've just been running too hard. That's why it's felt so shit all the time. Is because I'm like running grey zone every day. I did the next one. I did the next day. I went out and ran um, 30 minutes and chucked some surges in. And it was the first time I've done that. And it felt good. I felt I felt like it was fun to turn the, the legs over and just do a few sort of 20 second, nothing faster than like 320s. But um, made me enjoy the run a little more and didn't pull up any worse than if I just jogged. In fact, maybe felt better afterwards. And then, yeah, so after that, that was that was on the 22nd. Then on um, the 23rd, I just jumped on the treddy for 20 minutes, uh, did 4K. Um, I wanted to – I didn't want to do too much, but I wanted to keep the conditioning in my legs just to keep loading them because at some point I'm going to increase the mileage and – I just want to have that base there. Like I know 20 minutes ain't giving me a lot of fitness, but it's still loading my legs, my 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 tissue, which is what this the purpose of that run was. And then big day for the uh, Geelong Cats Div Five team <laughs> down at um, the St Anne's Eckerdin Relays. We, uh, I think I'm not sure where we are on the ladder in Div Five, but we're coming in. 
<laughs> we were coming in strong. So uh, I was like bit of bit of a debate about the Div One team earlier in the week when it when discussion came out about it. Matt Gunther, not the best move on his behalf, I don't think. Chucked in a projected or a proposed team list into the WhatsApp group and said, "Open for debate. Go for it." And um, you weren't there. I was in Div Five at that point, and I'm like, "Whoa!" You're, you're sitting fifth in Div Five as well, by the way. Oh, really? Before this round, yeah. Oh, we've won an event though. We've won one, and then we probably didn't put teams on for two. Yeah, yeah, you didn't put a team in for the round two. Yeah, that, that could be it. Uh, so yeah, no, um, I was like, at first, I'm like, "Oh, fuck that! I'm going to run faster than everybody," and then about an hour passed, and I thought, "Hold up." <laughs> Everyone up there deserves their spot. Uh, and I got even on the day, I got nowhere close to passing anybody's time. So everyone ran faster than me, which was good. But yeah, Div 5 got out there. Oh, the six, well, it was supposed to be a 6K leg, but AV fucked up all the bibs. So we ended up doing 7K instead, uh, just following a different color. So the whole, like the Ekaden, just to explain it to those people who haven't sort of encountered this concept before. I think Div 1 is like 42K total, Brady. Correct me if I'm wrong there. used to be, but I think this year it was 36 points. Um, 36 points, I've got it written here somewhere. Th- yeah. 38.2 for the men, 31.2 yeah. for the women. But yeah, it okay. used to be like the marathon distance. Yeah, so there's six legs in Div 1. And everyone goes a different distance leg, and it sort of went down from 8.8, like 8, 7, 6.1, 4.7 or something. Um, and it's a you hand over a timing chip, like a, a wristband with a timing chip on it, uh, in a like a gate, like a handover gate. And then, um, yeah, it's basically just a relay race, so it's pretty fun. It 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 it's good to see how the dynamic of the like the race changes when you have a stronger leg from one team out there and then a weaker leg at the same time so there's a big gap maybe form and then it switches around and then you start passing people again so um in terms of the div five field it was us versus mentone and i think well maybe yarra rangers had a team in there as well but it was the mentone versus geelong battle that we were worried about so uh, I think I got I got the bat and I was doing the third leg of four legs. Um, the course it was tough. So there's no, there's a scale of cross country type events. You've got New South Wales type events that are like <laughs> running on the track, but it's green, so we'll call it cross country. And then you've got like English fell running or English style cross country where you're running across like mountains sideways where the grass is two foot deep and it's muddy and awful. This was way closer to that end of things. Like we were on the side of a paddock and it's just a full on probably like, I'd say it's like a 20 degree camber across the, like the course. So you're always feeling like you don't have flat footing and then there's heaps of, uh, because the grass is so deep, you don't really know where your foot's landing. And there were some pretty severe, like, little dippers that went up and down and um, just really difficult running. If, 
like one of the guys put it well when he said, you would get absolutely nothing back from this surface. So when you, like we, we're pretty conditioned to run, using super shoes running on firm surfaces and you get quite a bit of like return, bang for your buck when you hit the deck in those shoes on those surfaces. Whereas you hit the deck out on this course and you lost all energy into the ground. You had to make up your own. You had to basically propel yourself forward and up using all your own energy, and it was, it was, it was quite difficult. I'm going to say it was like um, quicksand at some stages. It was just like you land and you just like get out again. So you just put yeah. your foot down somewhere else. But there was like the course was interesting because I'd say like maybe seventy percent of it was like what you're talking about, and then the other thirty percent was like rocky roads. Um, which were just like rolling hills. You couldn't get any rhythm. It just was super windy out there, which made shoe selection really tricky yeah. because I know I raced against Reese Edwards and he had spikes on and I had flats on and through the cross-country section, he was smoking me, but on the rocky roads, I was getting back onto him like it was a bit of a contrast in, um, yeah, who when you felt good and when you didn't. Yeah, well, we like our tent was discussing shoe selection all day long. And then even at the very end, we still, no one had a clear answer on what would have been better. Um, because being in a, say you wore a pair of Nike Vaporflies out there, you risk rolling an ankle. Mm. That and, and a lot of people doing Gold Coast next week. And so like my advice was to wear a lower profile shoe where it, where it gives you more ankle stability and you're less risk of injury. But yeah, there's like, one bloke, Cam, he bought a pair of dragonflies early in the week <laughs> and he took them down the, the, the gravel bit and all the spikes are fucked on him already. Um, you know what would have been all right? I saw this somewhere on Strava. Spikes without the spikes in them. No. That, are you, you kidding? Have you seen what a spike looks like without the spikes? It's yeah, like you still would have got the plastic grip in the cross-country section, nah, but once you got nah. onto the dirt roads, you wouldn't have got the spike crunch. The perfect shoe would have been the old Nike Streak LT cross country, or it would have been a Nike Waffle, Waffle cross yeah. country. Yeah, but I should have. Worn, I had a pair of those. I was tossing up wearing, but I went with your advice, and I think we got it wrong. Did what do you think was wrong about us? I reckon we were, it was just too spongy in the cross country section. Oh, yeah, I don't too know. Too soft, like I couldn't get going. Once we got onto the dirt roads, it was good. Yeah, maybe. And I, I had a bit know. more dirt road than you as well, so I could utilise it a bit more. Yeah, you went a bit longer. So I went I went 7K. I started my watch. So, so because, like, you're obviously running in the same sort of – because most of the Eckerton, like, relays I know are on the roads and it's sort of point to point, like, the legs, whereas this, yeah. you're obviously running around a cross-country course, and so you're going to be running similar parts to other legs, even though the distances are different. Did you have to follow, like, a colour-coded, like – arrows yes. or something is yeah. that how it worked and you had what league you were doing your bib had that color on it okay but it yeah, was pretty so, much the same loop but the longer distances just kept going further out before they turned around yeah i was pretty um it was pretty frustrating because i was out there i got uh i was out there for probably 2k before reese langdon he was running for um stevens yeah he caught me and then we ran together for probably a kilometer i would say um and then we get to the top of a hill he he'd just gone past me and we get to the top of a hill and i'm looking at my bib and i'm looking at his i'm like fuck he's i have to turn left 
off to this further away from the finish and he he runs home um that was i hated that and then i went off down this lonely old road that was a shit road wasn't it down to um oh, mate. don't get to... me started i had to go the whole <laughs> way down it yeah yeah anyway i by that stage i got back and as i got back to the um to the intersection again there comes nathan pierce from div one who doesn't have to go down there runs a bit fresher and so I'm thinking, oh, you fuckers, I've done an extra K. Yeah, but they were doing the shorter leg of Premier Divisions. I know that, they? Yeah. yeah. They were, they it were. It makes sense. They weren't doing anything wrong. No, they weren't. No, you're not had, at all. You're just saying you had better runners doing shorter legs. Yeah. Bruce, you, can bring the, you can bring this up when um, when the Divi 5 Geelong team starts uh, Cat Chat. Yeah. Oh, Cat yeah, Chat I've podcast. Will you get a tattoo, Moose, if you just win Divi, Divi 5? Divi 5. So, uh, you know what? <laughs> you should get we a tattoo. Much better characters and stories on our podcast than on your podcast. You're like your podcast full of a bunch of weirdos. We actually Andy Buchanan, a weirdo. Yeah, he's not too weird. He's the host of it. What are you talking about? Him and Maddie Buckle. I haven't listened. I haven't listened. They talk about you all the time on there, Maddie the Mad Steak Buckle. Um. Anyway, how I handed I caught the Mentone bloke with ten meters to go. Went past him. And I was like, I was, I was invested in this race by then. I'm like, Div Five is all that matters right now. <laughs> this entire AV like event, everyone cares about what's happening in this little mini race between Geelong and Mentone. So I hand off to Jackson Lynch. So Jackson Lynch's first, uh, second cross country race, first relay. Jackson Lynch, son of Darren Lynch. Croaks, you'd remember Darren Lynch. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't, Brady, because no. you don't know much about running. But um, he's 339. Yeah, gun, gun 1500 meter runner. Yeah. So I knew there was some talent in the body. I knew, it, but he, I'm not sure how he had a he had a tough one at St Anne's. So he he went off, and I said, "You just stay in front of Yellow." And, and Yellow, he turned around the first corner, and he's like, "Oh shit, Yellow's right on me." So Jacko Lynch has pulled home the victory for the Cats, and we celebrated at the end. He was throwing his finger to the sky. Um, everyone was happy. It was a big day for Div 5 Geelong team. I cannot believe I've heard so much about Div 5 result croaks. Yeah. 745 moves for Darren Lynch, 3K. That's fast. Mm. That is yeah. fast. You know, if you're handing off to his son, you've got some confidence. Was he annoyed he was in the Div 5 team as well? No, he belonged in the Div 5 team, Jacko. Okay. Yeah. There was no one in Div 5 team that believed they should have been in Div 1. Except you. Yeah, when the team, <laughs> except you when the team got announced. If you had to put me in Div 1, I would have run faster. I can tell you that right now. Well, actually, I would have been more concerned if you didn't think you deserved to be in Div 1. It would have been, was you sick? Nah, I'm there. Next, I'm putting the putting the heat on. I got up that Sand morning. Sandown Relays, you might be in next round, round 5. On, yeah, well, post the got road post, you know. Yeah, Gunther will be out, won't uh, Going away. Not good captain's move, going away. Mm. But we're up. Geelong Div, four, Geelong Div 1 finished fourth place. Could you believe that, Croaks? Yeah, well, this is what I'm saying, though. I reckon, like, the chat on the podcast is, like, getting people up and about. Like, and obviously you two guys are pretty invested in this. Oh, yeah, I'm super invested. We're mm. coming, though. Geelong is coming. Geelong, <laughs> next year... <laughs> Oh, boy, next year we are on. Oh, the old, oh, yeah, next wait year. till next year. And then next year comes, oh, wait till next year, boys. 
Who do you have on your podcast saying Geelong might get relegated this year? Uh, no one said that, I don't think. I heard that. I know, they said Geelong probably should have just put themselves down last year, I think. Oh, yeah, come at me with that. Yeah, you finished fourth. You, you, you're answering the knockers. Mm. Yeah, we're running, back. Running angry they are. Running angry. Still four minutes anyway. behind the Bats B team, but anyway, that was all right. Uh, that, Saturday, that morning, actually, before I went, I, had, I did, went and did an event down the surf coast, down at the Currawong Falls Loop with the surf coast trail runners. What, you race uh, before you race? No, I wasn't racing. I oh. was just down there. I, I rode the bike on a loop. Um, great spot for, to go running. If you're ever in town, go running down Currawong Falls Loop. But uh, the reason I bring this up is because friends of mine organised the Peaks and Trails Grampians trail running event. So a lot of people associate the Grampians with Halls Gap, but some real pretty trails down south in Dunkeld. Um, good, good hotel down there as well, the Royal Mail. And there's, I've been down there. I've talked about this on the podcast before. This Grampian, the um, Peaks and Trails, but there's a new Grampians Trail, Peaks Trail. It's like a hundred miler or something that runs from the top of the Grampians to the bottom, and uh, they use this trail now. So there's event like it's a bit of a it's a bit of a, like a range of events there, 6.4, 13.5, 20, 50K. And then they used to do a um, Mount Abrupt Challenge, which is just up and down, Mount Abrupt, as fast as you can. But, yeah, go and check it out, peaksandtrails.com.au. Sunday, did you get out for Oh, one? Sunday, you should have seen it. I, was, I, I had the running pram for the first time. So that happened. Ran and jogged with the uh, Ironman-branded running pram that was gifted to us by Eliza, our friend, and Bree rode the bike, and big, great day for the family, not a good day for the running career, signs of the running career for Julian Spence, but very fun out there, baby loved it, Pia just loved it out there, and I could push it far enough in front of me where I could run with like a normal gait for about 10 strides before I had to push it again. Um, that's probably the only way that you can do it without getting injured, I reckon. Because trying to push it and run naturally, it just isn't happening. You have no arm swing. And without arm swing, you have no efficiency. Your heart rate goes up and you and you start rotating more. What, and it's just, What surface were you on? Dirt road. No, so you've got to get on a nice road, which might be hard to do down your way. And then you just got to just like, just, just give it a bit of a tap every couple of hands. Yeah, that's yeah. how I do it. What I used to do it. How often do you do you do, do you do it now? Um, I I'll be doing it a bit more soon when Olivia can like sit up in the pram. Whereas oh, yeah. Hudson's way too big for it now, so his time's done. But um, she'll be nearly due to go in it. You did, did you get used to it? Did you enjoy yeah, it? Yeah, I should. Yeah, I could, and I could hold like four thirties, like four thirty fives, no worries at all. But I would take it on a like almost an industrial style loop where there's no traffic, but it's a beautiful road. Um, and just yep. go around kind of a 2K loop. It's, did he fall asleep mainly or did he nah, love nah, it? No, he never fell asleep. He was he was good, just enjoyed. He didn't love it, but he didn't fall asleep and like bored of it. He just kind of just looked out the out the front of it. Yeah. Didn't seem Did, really impressed. Like I thought it'd be pretty impressive, your old man rolling <laughs> 430s with a pram. But, um, <laughs> nah, not at all. Uh, so yeah. that's it. That's it. You want to yeah. hear about my week? Yeah, I want to hear about your race. My race, uh, well, first I was recovering from a race, the 12K cross country, that was our last weekend, so I was jogging Monday for an hour in the morning at 4.35s, 4.37s for half an hour in the afternoon, 
Then I did my long run on the Tuesday. So I got out for two hours and 20 minutes, 32.3K at 419K pace. Had some rain Monday night and I maybe didn't choose the correct location to run in. Hit like, well, my plan was to get through this like muddy section of dirt road um, because I thought if I could get through this muddy section of dirt road, I would then get into the bush and be on this nice like trail which wouldn't be affected by the, the rain and the mud and stuff. But I got through the like one and a half K of mud, which I was pretty much like ice skating in. And then it turned out that that trail was washed out as well. So I jumped a fence. Actually, before I jumped the fence, because I saw this nice little paddock, because I didn't want to backtrack the whole way. So I jumped this fence to get into the paddock. Um, and to jump the fence, I had to get across like a channel. You guys know what water channels are? You have those where you live? The farmers? Water channels? Whoever's babies that knows what I'm talking about. Anyway, so uh, big fan of the baby channels down there in Anglesey. Yeah, the water channels. <laughs> So I had to uh, I had to get across this channel first to get into the paddock. So, I, so at this stage, like I've been mud shoes are muddy. I'm a bit annoyed because I'm like out of town and I've got to got to get home and I've got to go through this mud. I think I've got a shortcut organised. So I start um, just snapping branches that I can find on the ground to kind of lay them across the channel. So then I can walk across the channel to get into the paddock, which then I can cut through the paddock and get back on the dry part of the road. So I finally do that and then it turns out this paddock's just got like massive holes in it from where the cattle's been walking and it's all waterlogged and stuff anyway. You couldn't run in it. So then I had to go back over the channel um, and back through the mud. So that really cooked my average 3Ks worth of like 455K pace in there ice skating um Mate, yeah. this is poor, this is poor local knowledge like you live here surely know. you know surely you know where and when you can't run given the weather conditions yeah i do but every i always give this one a bit of a go you know what i mean i just go you know what i reckon it might be all right today i don't think we got that much rain but it mm. turns out we got a bit so um yeah and i was stuck i was stuck out deep in the bush too probably like oh, 14k from home at this stage um so i kind of had to get home anyway that was tuesday wednesday 60 minutes easy 30 minutes in the afternoon a little session again on thursday uh seven by two minutes at around 258k pace with a uh, one minute jog in between just down and back on a straight road that was good it was um i did two minute reps last thursday as well before cruden farm cross country and this one felt reasonably, um, I just felt like I was going quicker and covering the ground better than I was the week before. And then, yeah, easy jogging again on Friday before the Eckerton Relays on Saturday morning. So uh, the bats were in a bit of trouble because we had some big outs. Um, Andy Buchanan, the king of cross country here in Australia, he was out. Archie was out and Jamie the Beast Cook was out. So you're kind of talking about... You know, probably potentially three of the biggest top 10 killers in Athletes Victoria running all out of the one team. Um, it would won three on a row and like the momentum was building and we kind of thought this would be the time when maybe we uh, get knocked off the top. A few people, a few teams hunting us, coming for us. But we went out there, Croaks, and um, yeah, destroyed everyone. Won by like 90 seconds overall. Um, two hours, three minutes, and 53 seconds to two hours, five minutes and 34 second place. I did the first leg, the 8.8K, which was the hardest leg of the day, super hilly. Um, at one stage, I had to actually stop. I was going down this hill that was so steep and like had to turn at the same time. And um, you couldn't see where the flags were. Like, there was just no path and the flags were, the grass was so long that the flags were under the grass and couldn't even see where you were going. And I was about to like end up rolling down this hill if I didn't stop and had to kind of straighten back up. 
but I had a really good battle with Reese Edwards. He um, he beat me by six seconds over that first 8.8k leg, and he was just constantly in front of me. Like he was, I reckon two or three k in, he was probably five seconds ahead of me, and then I reckon he got it out to about 15 seconds when I um stuffed up trying to trying to get in and out of that big hill that I was just talking about, and then I reckon I might have pig, pegged it back to about three or four seconds. But then he um, he was really good on the downhill. He was putting time into me going down the hills. And we kind of finished going down a hill. So he got away with me at the end there. But um, yeah, a hard race. Good for you, but very difficult. Um, on my watch, it said I averaged 324 pace for, uh, for the leg. Um, and it felt like I was probably going at... 10k effort like the effort level i put into that was the same as what i did at launceston a couple of weeks ago um i think it was about 150 meters elevation for that 8k um and it just yeah as you said before moose no rhythm didn't get anything back from the course and it was just hard i think i think this is on par with the old light in the park course as the hardest athletes victoria cross-country course really and at, and at times I, I, unsafe I like I love Lardner, but I didn't love this. Yeah, I think yeah, the, I think that's a, I think this is harder than Lardner, and Lardner would be the second hardest one because mm. you just there were so many opportunities. There were so many parts of the course where you just like you couldn't run fast on it, and like you know that big dipper, that big rocky dipper where you just went flying down and then back up. Yeah, like yeah, I'm yeah. like I don't feel safe on where I'm putting my feet here, and if I hit one of these rocks, I'm going to snap my ankle. Um, yeah, we do a lot of trail running, mm. so. That wasn't a big deal to me. It was more the grass. But, but at pace? Um, like yeah, jogging well, down that in the long run is different than going down at three-minute K pace. Uh, well, I wasn't going down at three-minute yeah. K pace. Neither <laughs> was I. I think I was four-minute K pace down there when they had the yeah. Strava segment. Um, so it was good that we got the team win. We ticked that box without the big fellas there. And then, um, yeah, I was pretty banged up on the Sunday. I just did 90 minutes at at 4.30k pace um, for a week of 157. Croaks, Croaks, you'll like this. Rolling into Gold Coast this week. Bloke comes across the line from Bendigo, four fingers to the camera, as in we've won four. (laughs) Four in a row. Never won one in the history of the sport. We've won four in a row. It's phenomenal, isn't it? There were some some people watching that just quietly shaking their heads. 17-year-old kid, too, running in the seniors. How's that? You get a run in the Premier Division. Throwing four fingers up to the camera as if you like we've just won the olympics did you have a te- did you have a team meeting about that brady what the celebration would be no nah, no team meeting about the celebration the boys start talking though like in the in the team meeting on the friday they just start saying oh who's going to do the av interview and they're like hey boys you've got to go win the race first like don't get too ahead of yourselves it's um it's everyone's up and about. about down there up and about so um yeah it's phenomenal so, so like, what's, tempo what's journal we're going to do a documentary they reckon what's the gap um, to second place yeah, big gap, Croaks. Real big gap. We've got yeah, perfect almost, score. 48 yeah. points, Box Hill second on 34. Yeah. Western's 33. You could almost, yeah, afford to um, give up a round now. Yeah, you still don't want to give one up. Still don't want no. to. You've you got to at least win, I think, five of them. And then you just, the best thing about us on the weekend, though, is the team that was in second and third finished like fifth and sixth. So it makes that gap bigger. But it also introduces other teams to kind of like move up and kind of have a crack at the big dogs up the top there. But yeah, that's that. Um, Gold Coast, looking forward to getting up there. See what happens in the wind and the rain on Saturday morning.
Mm. Just got to yeah. keep the body in one shape. We'll just uh, just between racing and racing. Anyway, so thanks to so patrons supporters. So much so racing, much. and then we've got a race a week after Moose Sandown relays. Yeah, gee, there's already You're kids uh... requesting to run the last leg so they can throw the five up when they cross the line. <laughs> Fuck! I hope someone beats you. <laughs> <laughs> keep a lid on it season's still only only four rounds in anyway tell me who you're thinking Krogs uh, I've got Zach there's a lot of maybes about Zach this week oh, the he... guy signs up with the name Zach a question mark and a and it, is that the male symbol male symbol yeah yeah I don't the, know. Uh, circle with much. circle with the arrow yeah uh, maybe 2105 at the Gainsborough Greens Park Run it's a good name for Park Run I like that Gainsborough Greens uh, 58.12 for the Gold Coast Marathon 10K in 2017 and 141 at the Gold Coast Half Marathon in 2019. So thanks for your support, Zach, question mark, mail sign. Moose, who you got? I have Jen Frankhauser from Ferguna, which is near Aubrey, which also means it's near Wodonga in New South Wales. Amateur runner. Only an amateur, professional mum of three kids. Oh, there you go. That's hard work. I can imagine that. That is hard work. Loves the trails and mountains. Ran three hours 15 at the Australian Alpine Ascent, 25 kilometres. What do they go up to? Um, that goes up to uh, Kosciuszko, does it? Australian tell you. Alpine Ascent. Sounds yeah, like it would. Just saw that on her profile, yeah. Very even Strava user with 443 bike rides and 468 runs. Oh, yes, that's you call that a dual athlete. Couldn't believe it when I saw that today. How even Jeez. is that? That's um, it's a great stat, Brady, isn't it? <laughs> Dave, Dave, Dave Tarbottom's job's in danger. I was just like that. sitting around minding my own business on a Monday, putting these <laughs> notes together, and then, geez, it really woke me up when I saw that on her profile. It wouldn't be too many people that even. Good on mm. you, Jen. Good thanks, on you, and Jen. thanks for your support. Lucy Horan, Thank I'm thanking you, Lucy. Uh, 44.06 for 10K, 138 for the half marathon. Maybe did New York Marathon back in 2010 in 5 hours 36. Not sure about that last result, though. Could be wrong. This is from her um, profile. Lucy Horan is a writer, editor, and performer. She writes this blog and occasionally freelances. She performs with the Improv Conspiracy, doing long-form long improv comedy. Lucy has had a successful 10-year career in the public sector, and she's held a range of roles, including performance auditor, policy officer, speech writer, and annual report manager. And she got some good book reviews on her blog as well, boys. Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert and Daring Greatly by Brené Brown. Both two good books that she's reviewed on there if you want to... You read them? Yeah, I read them both. Actually, Big Magic is why... I read Big Magic and then created Tell Me Your Tales from reading that book. So you wouldn't exist, boys, unless I'd read that book. What's the book about? It's about creativity and, like, how ideas... Um, how like ideas and stuff come to you and what ideas you actually act on and how to be more creative in your life and stuff like that. She's also the same author of um, Eat, Pray, Love, I think, Elizabeth Gilbert. I haven't read that book, but I think that's what she was successful for. Is that a movie? I think they made it into a movie as mm, well. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Mm. Good on you, Moose. Some good knowledge there. So thanks, Lucy. Jen, Zach, for your support of the Inside Running Podcast. If you like what we do and this show brings you uh, value, you can sign up to support us on patreon.com forward slash inside running podcast. 
helps keep the lights on in the show, helps us produce some uh, bonus content, helps us give the show to you early. And um, yeah, we've got some other things in the pipe work at the moment as well, which we'll have some more news about in the coming weeks. And boys, I was correct with Brian Delaney being mm. the Coburg Harriers legend last week as well. Um, thanks to Brian writing in some t- stories there about Percy Serity and um, yeah, some, some good stuff from Brian. So thanks, Very Brian, cool. for writing cool in. Cool to read that. It was cool. We got some running news, boys. Um, we've kind of spoken about the Eckerton Relays, haven't we? We, we should just speak yeah. about the women's race. We'll just go there quickly. Glenn Huntley won again at 158.25, beating South Melbourne, 201.32, and Melbourne Uni in third place. Um, so Glenn Huntley well and truly on the top of the ladder in the women's section. The other bit of running news I had was uh, Callie Thackeray made the England's Commonwealth Games team. Mm-hmm. We had her on just before Great Ocean Road. Listeners will remember that. And she kind of talked about her goals being to get selected for Com Games. And now it's cool to see that she's gone and, and got herself selected. So that was uh, pretty cool there. But other than that, boys, I'm very light on with running news because um, there was no Diamond League because they had the US and the UK had their world champ qualifiers. You guys got anything I've missed before we talk Gold Coast? I think so. It was very light. Oh, yeah. I think so, Not yeah. from what I've seen either. But there is a Diamond League uh, Stockholms this week, and Jack and Stewie are both in that, 3K. Oh, yeah? Yeah, which I think must be Wednesday or Thursday our time. Um, first time. This is going to be our first look at Stewie mm-hmm. since um, since his, his horrible, or his, we'll call it his horror, three, uh, 1500 that he ran. Yeah. And um, Sarah Billings and Kat Bissett in the 800 there as well. So hopefully we'll have some Diamond League news to report on next week. Let's quickly do a, uh, a bit of a profile of the Gold Coast Marathon elite fields. Well, not so much elite fields, like just the big dogs in the races have uh, been announced. Um, I might see if I can get Louis McAfee involved, boys. Does someone want to read through that blurb about the men's race first while I get him sorted? Croaks, you're Croaks, good at talking. Croaks, you're great at reading, Croaks. You can do it. Yeah, right. Uh, so the men's marathon is the most international race of the day with elite athletes from five countries. Belgian Amory Paquet ran 2.13.54 in Barcelona last fall, followed closely by Great Britain's Nick Earl, 2.14.38 at the late B1 marathon in 2019. New Zealand's David Ridley has a 2.17.20 from Sydney last year with Samuel Gebra-Michael and Tokyo Paralympics T12 Marathon silver medalist Jared Clifford, the only Australians with recent sub-220 times. Louis McAfee is making a noteworthy debut at age 25. His 104.14 half marathon best suggesting potential to be top Australian in the race. Um, and then a couple of Japanese guys, Joe Fukuda ran his PB of 209.52 at the 2018 Gold Coast Marathon and is returning for the first time since then. His most recent run, a 2.11.29 February's Osaka Marathon. Uh, Akihiro Kaneko has run a PB every year since his marathon debut in 2017, starting with a 2.22.49 and going to a 2.11.39 to finish just behind uh, Fukuda in Osaka. Gold Coast will be his international debut. Past winner, Yuki Koachi, is running his first marathon since finishing 20th at April's Boston Marathon in 2.12.55. After being diagnosed with COVID a few days later, he was unable to start at least his next three races. So Gold Coast will mark a return to competition. 
So that's a bit about the men's field. And we took that from Brett Liner's Japan Running News website, friend of the yeah. show, past interviewee, and brilliant reading croaks. That was fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Good at that. And we are joined by uh, one of the favourites, Louis McAfee. Welcome back to the Inside Running Podcast, mate, and thanks for giving us some time. Good to be back. Uh, wonder what Moose was banging on about. I'm sure it would be something about how hard he works. He was actually, I did tell Louie boys that uh, the time we were going to call him was about 40 minutes later than we actually planned for because Moose was banging on about his um, his Division 5 relay at AV relays he was talking about. Louie gave us a real play-by-play about it. Back in, back in the winner's circle, mate. <laughs> oh, I'm going to love hearing this one. <laughs> Louie, how nervous are you? Marathon debut on the weekend. You were ready to go this time last year. The race got cancelled a few days out. It must be um, pretty cool to know you'll actually hear the starters gun going off this year. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if nervous would be hot. Yeah, I am nervous about the distance, um, but more excited than anything. Um, yeah, like, like you said, last year was... Um, pretty i don't know um not heartbreaking that's not the right word but uh it's yeah definitely good to know that i'm uh going to run this year and i've um touchwood had no um injury concern or anything so yeah i'm excited more than anything and how's the preparation going we saw a 64 high in um in noosa for the half marathon a few weeks ago you must be pretty happy with how the form is leading in yeah, yeah, I am. I'm in a good place. Um, and, yeah, just getting the work done and trying to tick the box and move on. So um, it was it was good to know that I could run that. Um, I hadn't really done much work around that three-minute um, or was it 3.03, 3.04 pace. So I was pretty happy to know that I could um, still hit those times. So, um, yeah, good signs. What's your game plan, Louis? Have you got a, uh, a pace in mind that you're going to go out at? <laughs> uh, I do. Um, but, yeah, I know that, um, you know. What I is it? What is the one. pace? Doesn't, he doesn't want to tell us, does he? <laughs> no, I have a pace. I'm going to try and run, uh, I think it's 67.30 through halfway. So, um, look, that's the plan. But, obviously, in a marathon, um, heaps of things can go wrong, so I'll just be stoked if I can finish. There's probably not going to be a lot of runners around that pace just from looking at the early field releases. Um, what happens if you've got a 42k time trial? Yeah, well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, uh, I think I think there will be a pace for 215 or 216. So um, I'm hoping that uh, um, that uh, Ryan has got that sorted. Um, that's that was the latest plan. Um, there'll be a couple of guys, hopefully around that, and I can use them um, kind of like I did at uh, Noosa. Um, instead, this time I'm really going to try and focus on staying at the back of the group and not the front of the group because uh, the marathon's a long way to go. Hey, Lou, given it's your marathon debut, is there anything in training that you sort of got confidence from that or gives you confidence that you can run sub 215 other than the 64 half? Yeah. Um, I don't take a heap of confidence. Well, I, I take a heap of confidence out of the stuff that I can do. I try and not compare it to anyone else. Um, so I've been doing a lot of work at that 312 um, pace, which I'm pretty sure is 
2.15. So um, all of my efforts are really based around getting comfortable at 3.12. So, yeah, like I said, that will be the plan, but you never know in a marathon. Do you get any um, wise words from your coach about how to approach the race mentally, anything like that? Uh, from my coach? He's not a very wise person. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, everyone said the same thing, just try and enjoy the experience. And I think um, especially Gold Coast being um, my home and like, uh, well, not my home now, but um, look, I grew up um, going down to that race every year and we had a house that was – on the course so it'll be good to go past a lot of people that i know um so just using that sort of energy from the crowd um and trying to switch off for as long as i can because um my mum's been uh she's done a few marathons my dad's done a few marathons so the the word has been to just uh relax as much as you can until 30k and that's where the race starts Mm. Your mum well, won few, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's done more than a few marathons. She won this in 1987, Louis. So she, she sure did. She pull you aside and just say, this is how you get the job done? <laughs> yes, yeah, she has had a few words, and uh, I don't think that I will be on the top podium, but you never know. Do you, when you look at this field, because it's an interesting field, like it's not like we've seen in the past where there's a whole lot of sub-210 guys. Um, do you, you focus on position as much as time? Like when you're looking at the other Oceana boys, but actually I think there's some scalps to be taken with those four quicker guys they got in the field as well. Yeah, for me it is about position because I think that's where I run best when I focus on um, being in the race rather than just trying to time trial something. So, yeah, I, I know that those um, Japanese guys are, will be way out in front, but I've also seen Japanese marathons where you can um, go out at, 206, 207 pace and um, pay for it in the back end. So uh, that's why I'm going to try and stay at the back. I'm not really – I'm not keeping my cards close to my chest. Um, I'll just try and stay at the back and try and pick people off as much as I can. Who's the men's pacer for your group, do you know? Um, Tim Logan, I think, is going to help out uh, with Jared. So that's um, that's the only one that I know of. Yep. Unless Croaks wants to do it. Well, how concerned are you about Croaks? That was my next question. Like potentially blowing mm. up at 35k and seeing the old fella go past you. Is it playing I'm in your mind? I'm very concerned because I'm pretty sure I did the same thing to him in uh, Melbourne in 2018. <laughs> so, oh, don't bring it. Oh, it's that, not was, that was my car. That. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. Like I um yeah, like I've, I've got a time in mind, but I'm pretty respectful of the distance and. Um, if it if it happens that someone comes past me with 7k to go and i've blown up and that's on me so um i'm excited about what it will feel like to get to 35 yeah yeah i'm excited i think, you, for I think you're safe mate don't worry i won't be going past you <laughs> i'm excited for you um how often are you checking the weather there'd be a lot of people who are doing gold coast this weekend listening to this podcast um it doesn't look good you're a local guy though like what can we maybe expect I think go to Nick Earl for the weather. I'm not really, <laughs> I don't really, um, I don't know. It is what it is for everyone else. So if it's windy, then I'll tuck in. And if it's raining, then um, I want it to get over quicker. So I'll try and go quicker. Well said. It's not annoying you. Just you can't control it. 
whatever happens, happens out there. Oh, well, good yeah. luck, mate. Anything else for him, boys, before we let him go? What shoes you wearing? Um, the on clouds, not the second ones. I actually had um, the second ones sent to me by Jordan Donnelly, who's the head of innovation at on. But um, it'll get here on the third, and I think the marathon's on the second. Or... <laughs> That's a shame. <laughs> so that be... is a real shame. <laughs> um, I'll have them for when my next race is. I'll bring some. I'll bring some spray paint, mate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Louis. Well, a massive thanks for your time. Looking forward to catching you on course on Sunday morning. I'm sure there'll be heaps of listeners looking out for you. What colour singlet you're wearing when they're coming the opposite way and seeing you? I'll be in a light blue one. With Gold Coast and on on my singlet. All right. Good luck, mate. Thanks again for your time. Yeah, thank you. Good luck, mate. See you up there. Enjoy the last couple of days of the prep. See you. See you, mate. A message now from our podcast partner, Lululemon. We've been talking about and wearing Lululemon. And if you're after new running gear for your run season goals, you know where to go. Lululemon have designed this season's run gear with technical and functional details. From internal zip pockets for the small necessities to variations in lengths for women's and men's running tights and shorts to sweat wicking fabrics and mesh panelling exactly where you need it. With superior fit and technical innovation, Lululemon designs gear to last and perform day in, day out, no matter the weather. Not convinced? Try it out for yourself with free shipping and free returns for all online orders. Go to www.lululemon.com.au uh, anything else we need to say about that Mansfield boys? I think um, Jacob Cox, you said he was racing croaks, not listed mm-hmm. here as the potential chances, but this is a guy who's broken 14. Did he break 14? Maybe he ran 14.04 on the track over summer, ran um, 29 low at Adelaide and Sydney 10K, and then ran 63 at Launceston mm-hmm. Half Marathon. Yeah, Only done the one marathon, I think, and that was Melbourne when he maybe was 220 high, 221 low. He's got heaps of room to move off what he's been doing over the five, ten and a half. I think he ran. Uh, I think he ran a marathon in Adelaide as well. But oh, um, yeah, he did he's, too, actually. Yeah, he's definitely on the um, the booklet that they bring out the program. Yeah, he's he's listed there. Oh, they got that out, have they? Yeah, they got the half marathon is there. Uh, they've just got the um, press release. Whereas oh, yeah. for the for the marathon, they've got like the top contenders for the male and the female listed. Bib numbers. Moose, who's your pick? Give me a name and time. For the win? Nah, Oceana. Because we don't know enough about those four other guys. Who's going to win Oceana Uh, Champs? Which we must say, it doubles as the Oceana Championships as well, this race. Louis is going to win. Louis is going to win it. Yeah, I like his confidence. He's good. Croaks, you got a name for me? Uh, uh, mm, I'll go go Jacob um, Cox. Just because... Like, he's in pretty good form over the half. He has run a couple of marathons, but, yeah, I think it's going to be between those two. Well, I guess then there's that um, Samuel Gebra-Michael. Yeah. Who, like, the guy's run 208. Like, who knows what shape he's in, but if he's in, like, if he's in decent shape, he'll be competitive as well. But he's um he's about my age, so he's getting on. He seems to just pop up at like the Gold Coast or Sunshine Coast every year, though, doesn't he? Like he's yeah. been living in Australia for a long time. Um, just on his page now, like hasn't got a result since two thousand and nineteen. I know there was a pandemic lockdown through there, but it's hard to. I guess he might not be there though, unless he's in shape. Mm. 
but yeah, hard to know. Ran Launceston in 2016. Yeah, yeah you going Brady? You going Louis? Uh, I'm going Louis. Just I think the hometown. He kind of he touched on it there. Like it's going to have significance for him. His mum's won it before. He's tough as a bull. This guy as well. Like yeah. he's a he's a marathoner mate. I think. Um, yeah. Um, I th- and if he's going to go that two fifteen pace, that's putting it out there. Uh, the women's race. You're picking Lisa pretty easy. Uh, yeah, I think I'll pick Lisa. Moose. Um, just based on recent form and she doesn't she doesn't stuff up many marathons no, she knows how to get it right moose yeah. any thoughts on the women's race i'm picking lisa as well i think she's up and about at the moment um we haven't really seen recently um her like her most recent form but i think all going well she'll be there for that course record you see, she's got the course record for the 10 and the mm. half as well. So if she gets a course record for this, she'll hold all three. Yeah, That's pretty yeah. special. Like some good runners have, have cracks at those races. Yeah, well, it is. it sort of is the premier, you know, running weekend each year. And to have the course records in those three events would be pretty cool. Yeah, be real cool. Uh, that's all I've got for running news, boys. Do you want to go to train and talk? Happy with this? Yeah. This week's Train Talk segment is proudly brought to you by Lululemon. Lululemon have designed technical gear with the runner in mind to last more than a season. Head to lululemon.com.au to find out more. Listen, the question is also combined here, Croaks. Yes, yeah, so it comes from Sam. So I think Sam's actually sent a message to all three of us. But uh, he said, hey, mate, love the podcast. I've just got a running question regarding tapering. I've just started my taper for the Gold Coast Marathon, and I feel like I'm losing fitness for race day. I know that tapering is all part of the process, but how do I ensure that doesn't happen? Looking forward to catching the live show post-race and up the bats. Mm. That's, that's an interesting one because I think you have it personally when sometimes you taper. You know, the mind games keep coming in. Are you losing fitness? Yeah. What's going on? Like, I want you want to train harder so you get that kind mm. of, like, confidence out of the training. Um, yeah. I wonder how far out he started tapering because – there, there is always the possibility that if you go for a quite a long, mm. drawn-out taper, then you, you you can lose fitness and sharpness for the day. Like, that, that's a possibility. Yeah, I agree. But, and, and often the tapering depends on what you've done in the lead-up. Like, if you've, been, if you've been nailing yourself and having, like, a really long marathon block and you're tired at the end of that, then a long taper is going to be more beneficial than somebody who has trained within themselves the whole time and hasn't done a lot. They don't, they don't need as long a taper. Yeah. Yeah. That's, we don't know what yeah. he's done, though, fellas. So I've just got to answer the question. Well, I, I actually replied to Sam messaged me as well. And, like, I think for, for me, like, it's more just trying to just avoid – like, you're going to have those negative thoughts. Like, you're only human, you know. Like, of course you start – you know, you've been training really hard and then that all goes away. And all of a sudden you feel like you're not doing enough, but it's just, it is all in your head. And for me in those last couple of weeks, as long as you're, you know, ticking, ticking over, doing a bit of stuff at marathon pace, a few shorter reps, a bit faster than marathon pace, you're going to be fine. So it's more about just staying positive, avoiding the negative thoughts. And for me going back, just looking at your training, like you get a lot of, if you've trained well in the lead up to a race, going back and looking at your training diary can give you a lot of confidence for race day. Mm. even looking at the science behind it like you're not going to get fit like you could not run for seven days and you wouldn't really lose that much fitness yeah um you could not run for two weeks and there would still be a whole heap of fitness waiting there for you the fact that you're continually doing frequent running 
as well as workouts, even though they're smaller, um, they're lower in volume, means that you're absolutely not losing fitness. So go back to the science, trust that. We love science, don't we, fellas? Numbers don't lie, do they? No. Yeah, and the thing I love love about a marathon taper is if you're doing, like if you're training for a shorter track race, like even during a taper, like you need to be doing really hard, fast efforts because that's close to race pace. Whereas for a marathon, like the sessions you're doing, like you don't actually have to run very fast because marathon pace is not very fast. So as long as you're doing some stuff at your marathon pace, like that's all you need to be doing, a few 30-second strides, race week, and you're ready to go. Um, but just, yeah, just keep ticking the legs over um, and don't try and don't try and chase fitness or chase confidence by you know, nailing yourself in that last week. Yeah, a couple of traps to watch out for as well. If you do do that marathon week workout, say you're doing 2 or 3K at marathon pace and then maybe a couple of strides, be prepared for that 2 or 3K at marathon pace to feel hard and don't stress if you're sitting there going, how the hell am I going to do this for 42Ks on the weekend? Like, it won't feel as good as it's going to in the race. And also, in the race early on, it might feel junk as well which yep. often does happen in the first four or 5K of a marathon, until you get into the groove, until like things spread out. Um, it's, yeah, just just try and switch off the mind as much as possible and just trust in the training, trust in the program, and you're going to be fine come race day. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, even there. I hate that like, race week workout because you think it's going to feel good and it <laughs> yeah. never does. And you just, you just got to just get it done and just close the book. I personally find my motivation really drops off in taper because I'm just like, well, what's the point of this? You know, mm. like I'm better off just doing nothing because I'm just going to be fresher, which I know is not true, but you, just, you don't you don't seem to get yourself up as much no. for training as what you normally do in a just normal week. Um, Brady, one thing I was going to mention, because I didn't know that this was going to be the training talk, but also given it's marathon weekend, like don't let all of your training down by like – focusing on the little things come like the weekend. So one, the carb load, like I think a lot of people don't take enough on in the couple of days beforehand. And I think that can make a massive difference come race day. Yes, if you've done a carb load really well, like you you probably feel pretty garbage for maybe the first 45 minutes of the marathon, but then you do come good. Um, So don't ruin all of your hard training by not eating enough in those last couple of days. Um, and also like race day, make sure you're fueling well during the race, um, looking after your body in terms of like this weekend, if it's going to be wet, make sure you tape up your nipples, sort out with all your chafing. Um, yeah. So all those little things, um, will, will matter come, come race day. Yep. Save that energy where you can. I think we spoke about that last week, get organized early on, that kind of stuff. Uh, thanks again to this week's training talk partner, Lululemon. Their new run range is designed with lightweight fabrics, thoughtful features like key size zipper pockets and mesh paneling to keep you running whatever the weather. Visit lululemon.com.au. Bring us home, Moose. Moose on the loose, purchase of the week. Uh, I did. Um, I, this is a real first world problem here. And everyone in Victoria Athletics community will be feeling me right now. But how annoying is running with three bibs on your singlet? Mm. Talking, So AV members got to run with a front bib and a back bib. And in this Ekaden relay, you actually had to put another plastic 
like a laminated bib on your front and your back. Yeah, four so that's, bibs. That's four bibs, and that's 16 safety pins into your singlet. <laughs> and a timing chip in your hand. <laughs> and a timing chip in the hand. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on here. And, and when you finish, like, you have to wash that singlet every weekend, which means you've got to take all the bibs off. And then you got to put them all back on again. Oh, it's. Do you know what I wish? Here's an idea. I came up with this on the weekend. So you become a member of AV, right? You're given a number for forever. That that's your AV number for the year, not forever. No, have it forever. Oh yeah, you right? keep it, but it's not always your number. No, it is and always. You, your and you number. go and get it, and you go and get it tattooed on your thigh. Oh, that's not yes. a bad idea, Craig's. <laughs> On your singlet, it gets embroidered or printed, and then it's like, okay, this is my singlet forever. Oh, so that's your lifetime number. Lifetime numbers. Like whatever you get in your first year, that just stays with you for life. If you don't pay your membership, obviously you're not a member, but, like, you can have a five-letter five number, and, and they're not going to need that for somebody else. That's just your number. And then when you sign it, when you re, re-membership or whatever you call it, um, you're on again. You're on same number. Bang! What's your number? This is my number. I'm away. You memorize and... it, that kind of stuff. Because yeah, I can never remember my number. You just start to remember it, and then you get a new number. Two six three four. I can memorize that. I already know my current number. Is it? Yeah. It's a high number for a world champs representative. Because I used to I go was... the lower the better athlete. Dirty on that. Yeah. I was dirty when they got rid of the reeds. Could you imagine? Only for could you imagine though? They still the state see... champs. <laughs> Oh, do they? Yeah. Moose with a wreath running Div, Divi 5. <laughs> <laughs> Who got number one this season? Lyndon Hall? Oh, well, Clifford, could be it's a usually tra- someone like that. Could be a track athlete even. Yeah, you got to usually win it at like a medal. Clifford, number three. Is he number three? Okay. I think, so. I think so, number three, yeah. I wonder who number one and two were. Top of my head. Maybe it's like, was Kelsey Barber from Victoria, someone like that? I don't know, yeah, maybe. They used to do a big thing where they'd count them down, wouldn't they? Like in April when you get your new numbers yeah. given to you. He's the country champs, 5,000 champion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you were both in the thousands, I think, this year. Anyway, 2,000. That's yeah. like it. Got a bit of uh, bit of mail in from Bree about your moose on the loose last week. Reckoned you, you were exaggerating things, adding some oh, mayo to the yeah, stories. Right. Oh, yeah. You want to see our credit card bill? <laughs> you want to put in the evidence? <laughs> put that on your Instagram stories? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was good. Um, bit of general business here at the end of the show. So live show tickets for this weekend are nearly sold out. I reckon we got 20, 25 left, maybe maybe a tiny bit more. Not 100% sure. Haven't checked it since Saturday. But it's looking like we'll sell the room out, Croaks. You've got that room organized up there. We've got some guys sorting the microphones for us. The bar's going to be open. Uh, my guest is locked. I'm going to bring Andy Buchanan along. Mm. So he'll be rather really happy or either really happy that he's been selected for the Com Games, if we find out between now and then, or really pissed off. So it should be a good interview either way. Andy Buchanan, he'll be fresh off a half marathon that morning as well. I'm expecting you two boys to bring a friend along as well, some big-name guest. We'll have some more news about that on our social media as the week progresses. I'll bring Moose. You can bring World Bruder. Championship rep. World Championship you know, I might bring Joe, I might bring Yuki. Yuki, yeah, we get Yuki. That'd be awesome. See if we can... Hello. Fellow BY Marathon contender, you were there too. We know this guy. Stayed in the same hotel as us. He did too, didn't he? He was like a, f- a celebrity there. We got um, photos with him, yeah, Brady, we when we did the, did the pacing. Yeah. 
that year with Des Linden. She was asking for photos with you that year, remember? <laughs> yeah. She's like, you're yeah. the guy that's paced three course records here. <laughs> um, yeah, we, yeah, I've got two photos with Yuki, actually. Good fella. We'll see if we can tee that up with Brett Liner from Japanese Running News, Japan Running News. He'll be good. Um, so that's going to be good fun, having a couple of beers recorded next week's show. Might apologise in advance for the audio quality of next week's show. Not sure how we're going to record that, but there'll be a live aspect to it. So um, when you hear next week's show, that's what's happening there. I'm hearing whispers that the Commonwealth Games team may be announced tomorrow, boys. Not 100% sure if that's right, because I did originally hear a whisper that it was Friday last week ago, about 10 days ago. So my whispers aren't always oh. accurate there, but it's got to come no, soon. I- I like it. I like your word because I just got oh, yeah, I just got a message right then come across me. Someone made the team that was Life a on real, air. Yeah, was marathon. A real, no track, track oh, team. So you reckon the athletes know? Yeah, they know. Do you want me to ring Andy now? Put him on loudspeaker and see what he knows. No, maybe he didn't get picked. Oh yeah, actually that'd be really bad. <laughs> I didn't think about that at all. Um, so, yeah, and also the World Champs qualification period finished yesterday and they start in two and a half weeks. So um, it's Isn't it cra- Like we spoke about this off air, but isn't it crazy? I cannot remember a time when Athletics Australia left the announcement of a major team this late, especially for people that are running the marathon. It's like, like obviously... Have to start like taper. There's probably only a couple in contention for the World Champs Marathon, but still, oh, hey, you've just been announced on the Australian team for the World Marathon Champs. You're racing two weeks. Like, <laughs> who does that? Like the that's um, awful, isn't it? The US, the US Marathon team. They've known for months. Oh, yeah, they've known for the, four months, I reckon. Like that, that guy who, um, the guy in Chicago. What's his name? That's going to run. Um, oh, I can't. Bear with me. What's his name? That um, yeah, a Colin Colin McCow. Oh yeah. So he he ran like two ten, two eleven or something at Chicago, and that's how he got in. So they, those guys knew like they've they've known for six months since October. Yeah, Kenyan right. team got announced super early. Oh. Um. You know, I just I know Charlotte Purdue knew ages ago for World Champs. So like as I said, I'm sure came. I'm sure the athletes have probably been given a heads up, but it's just it doesn't seem that professional that you name your team. Especially for events like the marathon, two weeks before the championship. Yeah, so we're thinking Millie Clark will potentially go to the world champs. Well, uh, yep. don't we? Well, she's got the time. Well, that, that's assuming that Jess and uh, Eloise make the Commonwealth Games team, which they said at that dinner. Yeah, we didn't put that audio. We didn't put that audio out, did we? We do have no, audio from that. We could have done something with that. Um, they say they want to go Com Games. Millie Clark's ranked forty second on the ranking. She's got the time and she's well inside the um, the period the the ranking system there. So assuming she's going there. The other one though is um, Sarah Klein. She's ranked ninetieth. Now they're taking a hundred. She hasn't qualified at the moment because at the moment Sinead, Jess, and Millie and Eloise are all in front of her on this. Um, on this ranking system thing, but if they get withdrawn to go to Com Games, she will then be qualified. Yeah, and so, we won't have any men. No men at the World Champs. That's sad, isn't it? Mm. That's real sad. You can't sit back on your couch and just watch some Australian men run a marathon at the World Championships. Mm. Anyway, so um, that's some stuff about Com Games World Champs. We we'll talk about Diamond League, Stewie and Jack Billings and Bissett in action there. 
Shoe Geeks went out today on Patreon, the June edition of that. I enjoyed that today, Moose. When I was working hard, I was listening to that in the background. That was a good show. You learn anything? Knitter up and about. Um, I did learn something. There was something I was listening to, and I was like, I should bring that up with you. Moose likes talking about shoes? No, yeah, it's very technical. I reckon you're the least technical out of all of them, though, Moose. Mate, I, the, I'm the most real world out re, of all Yeah, them. in touch with the common man kind of thing, yeah. I reckon. They would like to talk about what they learn in a book. Oh, I like to turn about. I, I I talk about what I learn in real life. Hmm. Do you reckon um, if they got some game going on every time they mention that Nike Mayfly runner, someone gets like oh, ten bucks or something? Huh? That's the most Fucking popular hell. shoe that gets brought up on that show. Yeah, I keep telling. I keep I keep saying that. Yeah, I'm like give this shit a rest. That will be out later in the week uh, on the public stream, and that's the show done, boys. We'll see you guys up at the Gold Coast. Travel safe. Anything happening between now and the weekend that's special in your life that you need to mention, Bradley? Getting your gels uh, ready, getting your carbs yeah. in, yep, getting, getting your kids on an aeroplane, first time yeah. you travelled with four? Uh, yeah, it will be. So actually, Viv's, Viv's taken both kids on her own before. It's pretty impressive. That is pretty impressive. Um, but it's a whole new ball game when she's got to take me with her as well. Mm, <laughs> so. Yeah, she'll lose you <laughs> in the airport or something. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, now looking forward to the weekend. Moose, anything special between now and then? Oh, nah, just getting ready. You be when, are you, when are you getting up there, Moose? Thursday. Oh, and oh. when do you leave? Uh, not sure. What flight are you on Thursday, Moose? Um, Virgin. Yeah, so am I. What time? You might be like, 11, next... like 11 or something? I reckon I'm on the same one. Oh, you can look after Pia. <laughs> Mate, I'm going to have Hudson and Carly's going to have Olivia. Oh, boy. We'll, oh, boy. We'll be the one with the screaming kids halfway down the aisle. Yeah, well, as long as someone else is there. 11, 10? Screaming, oh, I'm on that one as well. That. Yeah. I think it is that. Oh, boy. Here we go. Couple, okay. A couple of big dogs on the one flight. This is going to be good. Get on the frost together. Yeah, we could. That'd be good fun. Make sure you get the seat next to you us. you got to pay for a seat with Pia? She's still little. No, she's like nine months old. Oh, she? Yeah, right. Anyway, Hudson, we had to pay for that. That didn't go down real well with the bank balance. No. It's, it's pretty small, too. I thought I could get him through with under two, but better do the right thing, eh? Support the airlines. No, under two is free, right? No, he's over two. He looks oh. like he's under two, though. He's only small. Anyway, finishing the show. I'll see you at the airport on uh, Thursday, Moose. See you up there, Croaks. See you, guys. See you, fellas. Lululemon believe that running is discovery. It's about the feeling you find along the run route. Freedom, peace, euphoria. Discover their technical run collection at lululemon.com.au.